And now, a quick word from our sponsor. There's a new e-waste recycler moving into Camden, New Jersey. PAR Recycle Works is a nonprofit electric waste recycling company that hires men and women returning home from prison. PAR offers these individuals training, financial literacy courses, and a great support system. They have had a large success rate employing over 80 people. PAR Recycle Works accepts everything from cell phones to desktop computers to old gaming systems and properly recycles each instead of ending up in our landfills. For any business owners listening, make PAR your go-to for any electronic waste. For information, call 201-407-5821 and see how you can become part of PAR in Camden. All right, guys, we're back for another episode of High and Wide Radio. As always, your host, Angry Jim, with Kyle and Jack. Flyers um, doing flyer things. Coming off that rough road trip, they come home to play some of the best teams in the NHL, uh, and they are winning. Jack and Kyle, how are you guys? Hanging in there, Jim. Yeah. Kyle, how are you? Just rolling with the punches. It's all you can really do with this Flyers team at this point. Like, it's really, like, kind of nuts, isn't it? And, like, I, I was talking to Dan uh, last night. Like, and tell me what you guys think. Are you having trouble getting, like, emotionally invested with this team? Like, like are you afraid to be, like, all 100% in on them, Jack? I'm, on the contrary, I am always emotionally involved to the point where uh, I broke – I accidentally broke my uh, – gritty bobblehead that was at my wedding for my wedding for my signature drink. Uh, I did. Yeah. uh, I did start an argument with my wife because they just got scored on. (laughs) Um, I am the definition of emotionally involved and I, I don't know. I have anger issues, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Like I, I just, so yeah, I don't have that issue. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what that's like to have anger issues. Kyle, are you are you emotionally invested or do you find yourself, you know, kind of let's wait and see what this team does? How 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 you feeling about the Flyers? I'm up and down with them. I I have like split personality disorder with the Flyers. Sometimes I really 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 care, and other times I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> the times when you're like, yeah, whatever. How are they playing? Like they played on the road trip. Yeah, pretty much. And they kind of turn you off a little bit. Well, it was it, it wasn't just how they played, you know. But from the beginning of the season, I mean, I know we had our uh, our little battle between Dan and Jack with uh, me and you, Jim. And I have to kind of lean towards as much as I, I put on a show to argue and fight. We all had to temper our expectations going into the season because nobody thought they were a cup contender. Nobody thought they were going to be this good, even though they haven't played maybe as good as they were playing. So all in all, it's still a transition year. We still have a ton of kids on the team. We still have something to look forward to, if not this year, the next. So all in all, it's not that bad, even though they may not play perfect every night. Yeah, and those are good points. And, you know, I think last week, even during the road trip, I was kind of feeling like – not apathetic because that's not the right word. Apathetic is how I felt the last four years about this team. You know, where I could I could give a shit either way. I knew what we were watching. It wasn't going to be Flyers hockey. It was going to be bullshit. So this year, you know, we kind of had a little bit of hope, a little bit of, okay, we got a new coach. We got some new players in here. We're not sure what we're going to get from them. You know, and then pretty quickly, and even during the preseason, we saw the kind of player that Kevin Hayes could be. You know, they brought in a guy like Braun, Matt Niskin, and we're like, okay, you know, we, at least I did. I wanted to think positive. Okay, you know, the, the defense is kind of shored up. They did what I think they, 
you know, I wanted them to do. Let's see what, let's see how they play out. Some unfortunate things have happened since the beginning of the year. Nolan Patrick still hasn't played a game and we could touch on him in a second because Chuck Fletcher had a news conference today. Justin Braun's hurt. Uh, Shane Gostaspare, if, if I guess if you still had any expectations for him, he's not meeting the expectations. Oscar Lindblom diagnosed with fucking cancer. I'm missing somebody else. Who's out of the lineup that I missed? Did I miss anybody? Well, if, if you're it, talking about today, we could be looking at Carter Hart. Yeah, go ahead. And what happened with Carter Hart today, Jack? Apparently he woke up feeling fine. He uh, felt something in his, I, I don't know if it was his groin, lower body after practice and we're going to get an update tomorrow now we have no idea so our starting goaltender uh who has been playing pretty well could be out i mean so then you'll be looking at what elliot and alex lyon was called up yeah lyon was called up so they are absolutely expecting carter hart to miss at least a game and that's a little disappointing you know he wasn't he wasn't supposed to play tomorrow night anyway so if he does miss tomorrow night hopefully you know elliot doesn't get beat up even if he does, I mean, Alex Lyon's going to be in there to soak it all up anyways. Um, it'd have been nice to watch Carter Hart against Carey Price in Philly, right? That game's home. So that'd be fun. Yeah, so um, there's been some unfortunate things with this team this year. They're not in a terrible spot in the standings. Uh, they're currently fifth in the Metro, 24-16-6. and six. They have one of the better, if not the best, home records in the league at 15-3-4. and four. They're struggling on the road, as we all are well well aware of, at 9-13-2. They, they were just on a rough stretch away from home. Uh, the past four games, they, they've played with some pretty good teams recently. They lost to the Canes in overtime. They gained a point there. They, lo- they beat the Capitals in regulation 3-2, and we'll get to that game. Lost 1-0 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Jack, you were at that game, so we can get to you on that. And they won 6-5 in a game where they were down 5-2 last night. And I want to ask you guys two things. When the game was 5-2, to two, Kyle, you were at the game, so I'll start with you first. What was going through your mind? What kind of emotions were you feeling while the team was down 5-2? So, I mean, not to change the subject at all, we'll still be talking about the game, but that first period and leading into the second period, it just looked like the entire Flyers team wasn't skating. They weren't trying at all and then they started trying but when it, when it was 5-2 my pops was there in the box with me and he goes well it doesn't look like we're staying for this whole game which I, we don't leave games he was just being sarcastic but they ended up coming back and it was I mean I smacked my head on the roof uh, I was it was that crowd was going nuts I can imagine and and even from you know, your boxy, I mean, you could see all the peasants below you, right? Having a great time, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what when they scored to make it make it five, three, did you have the feeling that they were going to come back? What like I'm curious to, to know what it felt like in the arena, because if I was there, I could get real negative real quick the way that second period or, or the, the first second period started. Um, what was the vibe like? I'm really curious. I haven't been to a game le- uh, yet this year besides you know, a preseason game. Once once they went down 5-2, there was a lot of uh, Boston fans in the crowd, and they kind of took over the stands after goal four and then five, and then you could tell the Philly faithful were kind of down. And that when, when they scored the third, uh, it was almost like the, t- the tides were turning before they got that third. And then when they got that third, it was like a well-oiled machine rolling. And there was nothing that was going to stop them at that point. I mean, granted, I didn't think they were going to come back and win the game. But I thought they were going to make a, a pretty strong push to come back in the game. Yeah, and they, they absolutely did. And it's so weird how, like, this is what frustrates me about this team. Because I'm asking if, you know, we're 100% into this team or not. And I think last night's game was like a microcosm of, what this team has been this year they'll win four or five straight they'll lose four or five straight they'll win four or five straight lose four or five straight you know when when things go south they can't nip it in the bud right then and there why does it have to get to five two why couldn't it be three two and be like oh guys if we don't turn this shit around now it's gonna get out of hand you know or even four to two it's got to get to five two before they're like oh we got to get going here or else we're gonna lose at home or whatever you know 
So I'm still kind of like, I I don't want to say that I'm not emotionally invested in this team because I am, but I'm kind of sitting back and watching how things play out at the same time. You know, Um, Jack, what are your thoughts on this Flyers team? And, and let's talk about last night a little bit. Well, I watched the game last night, start to finish. And I mean, I was furious. I, I, well, you were on Twitter asking if they would trade Drew or whoever else, if, if you would do it. And I said, I don't give a shit who they trade at this point. <laughs> now, that was a great game. I do think the two fluky goals got them back into the game, and then they took the fans and the, the, uh, the team were able to, to come through. And it ended up being a great game. If we play that team, Washington or Tampa, in a playoff series, we might take Boston to game six or seven, but we're, we're not winning any of those series. That's what I saw. That Last night's game was great, but that is not a recipe for success uh and then if you want to go into tampa's game i mean i purposely didn't start carter hart in fantasy because those games are usually you know eight to seven you know they have been the last five six years but the flyers committed to defense and <laughs> to their credit they were pretty good at it except for there was i had never seen a game with no offense and for the flyers to have scored how many goals they did last night how many of those goals came on the power play one maybe one yeah one like their power play is a joke it's an absolute joke i have i think if you added up the last 10 games they might have more or pretty close shorthanded goals than they do power play goals and that is a huge detriment to this team like you can't go down a man because even if you kill the penalty your team's going to be exhausted and you can't do shit on offense particularly when you're a man up, even when they pull the goalie. They had the six on three, however many games ago, they barely got any shots off, and the shots that they didn't get off were shit. And in, in Tampa, they had multiple power plays that they spent killing They spent killing Tampa from trying to score. Like, it was absolutely terrible. They don't get quality shots or anything. So, I mean, yeah, they've been, this week, surprisingly, like even Washington, I didn't expect them to win that game. They scored a shorthanded goal to take the lead, and then went full defense, and they pulled it off. For, good for them. They're not doing that in a, a seven-game series. So, I mean, while am I glad they limped through this week with a lot more points than they thought we thought they would against better teams? When push comes to shove, when we got to play these teams on the road, this isn't. We're not going to see this result. I think they might get spanked like they did on their uh, Western road trip. So, yeah, am I happy with how the week went? Of course, but I'm looking at my crystal ball, and it does not look good for Philly. You know, you brought up uh, this little stretch here, and it's it's very easy to be, you know, if you didn't watch these games, you're like, oh, they got four out of six points from the Capitals, the Lightning, and the Bruins. You know, if you would have told me that, oh, they, they'd win two out of three of those games, they'd be like, oh, fucking cool. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were down 2 nothing to Washington, right? Before they no, they were. It was um. They scored the first goal. Okay, Um, yeah, yeah. But it was uh. Yeah, it was. That's what they tend to do in Carolina. Same deal. They scored the first two goals, gave up the next four before they had to come back and force overtime. Uh, yeah. I think it was two to one Washington, and yeah, then they scored the next two and then held it, held them off. Yeah. So they gave up some quick. They gave up two quick goals and was like, holy shit, man, where'd that lead go? And then. You know, the same thing with Carolina. I was listening to the game on the radio. They were up 2 nothing. I go to check the score again like an hour later, and it's 4-2. to two. I'm like, holy fuck. So there, there's definitely some team def- defense issues with this team. And Kyle, I know you like to, um, when you watch games, you look for that kind of stuff. What have you been seeing from this team defensively? That What's giving them trouble? So they have a hard time getting the puck out of their zone. And then they, a big issue I have with the team that I, I pointed out before the season even started was the collapsing defense that they uh, that they have implemented. Uh, it doesn't allow for a very easy breakout by any means. So once we do get the puck down deep, well, when you have three forwards in front of the net, where are you going to give the puck to? Nobody's along the boards. Nobody's up at the points. Nobody's leaving the zone. So they get to continue on their forecheck pretty much unmolested straight into the corner they have no no outlet passes and then you have like last night that the the big mistake in the first period by uh phil myers which i get that the the guy's a kid they're gonna be growing pains with this young defensive core we have 
you can't blindly throw a pass across the center of the ice. Boston came right back down and scored, uh, 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 especially against a team with the caliber offense of, of Boston or Tampa Bay or, or anybody you're going to be playing in the playoffs for that matter. So that needs to all get cleaned up immediately, in my personal opinion. You need to hang a winger high um, along the boards. You need to give somebody a pass, an outlet pass. When you guys are all standing there watching the defenseman go behind the net and get the puck, well, one of you got to start moving. If none of you are moving, there's no outlet pass. So that's just what I've known. You know, and now that you say that, in the beginning of the year when we were all like, wow, this team looks pretty good. They were they were able to get out of their zone like that. They always had a guy waiting for the puck, and and I don't know what it's called in hockey terms, but it seemed like there was always somebody in the center of the ice being slingshotted. As kind of like uh, once they once the puck to the outside guy got there, the guy in the middle was racing towards the center of the ice, waiting to receive the second pass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I see a lot of that on the power play. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't really remember seeing a lot of that anymore. So I'm not sure if guys are falling back into the old ways or. You know, some of these guys are getting beat up. Fletcher mentioned that there's a lot of young guys on this team and they're expecting a lot. We'll get to that, too. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Uh, to be a, honest, a, I think a lot of, if, of I'm a coach of an, if I'm a coach of another team and I'm playing the Flyers, I'm telling my guys, you know, I'm doing a full court press almost against these guys. Like, they're young. They're prone to make mistakes. And that's exactly what they're doing. They, they got guys on them in their own zone before they can get a handle on the puck and they're forcing turnovers. I mean, I've even seen Niskanen do it. Like, and that's part of the issue. If they have time to operate, they can make a move, come out of the zone and do their whole dump and chase thing and see what they can do. But if they're on top of them, it's 50, 50, whether that puck's coming out of the zone and most likely they don't have much support for whichever winger or centerman is bringing it out of the zone. And the other side of the coin is they turn it over and it leads to mistakes. And we've seen that with Myers, with Niskin and some guys just flat out fall. I mean, we love Sanheim. He's been on a going, a scoring streak right now, but he falls and it leads to, it leads to mistakes. I mean, teams that have speed are hurting us. Like there's a lot of, I don't want to say odd man rushes because every team deals with odd man rushes, but there's a lot of like half breakaways. I wouldn't say a full breakaway, but he's stepping around a defenseman and he's got a, decent side shot against a goalie almost completely uncontested um i mean i've seen it happen to myers i've seen it happen to pretty much any anybody who is either young or a little bit slower like you see provov go back into the corner and he gets checked into the boards the puck comes loose and the capitals game is a perfect example I, don't, I think it was Provorov went in the corner and Ovechkin just bodied him right up against the boards puck comes loose to wilson wilson passes the back some shot score like, we should have had the puck and been bringing it out and said it's a bang-bang play and it's in the back of the net. Like, you can't do that shit. And it's a lot of it. They're just shaking their own end. And, and we've been saying that since before the season started because they were worse last year. They're, they're tightening it up a little bit. But I, I don't know. They just, they're just they just not there yet. It's, it's, sometimes they look like they know what they're doing. Other times they look scattered. And it, if I'm a coach, I'm saying I want somebody, if not two guys, all over them back there because they will make mistakes. I think that's what we're seeing. You know, if you pressure these guys, they're going to make mistakes and the puck's going to end up back in the net. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, all all reasons that if you're not 100% emotionally invested with this team, completely understand. It's not a finished product. And, you know, Fletcher was quoted as uh, saying, you know, there's a lot of work to do on this team. And I'm going to get to, so Bill Meltzer put out a, a kind of a, a wrap-up article of Chuck Fletcher's uh, press conference today. Uh, number one on his list was there's a lot of work to do still with this team. And, you know, they've come a long way since last season, since he took over as general manager, but there's still a lot more that has to improve. And I think what we just talked about, you know, the team defense, there's a lot of young guys are still, they still need, and he actually mentioned this in the press conference. They need more from their top, I'm going to say top paid players. I'm not going to say best players because I don't think JVR is one of the best players on this team. He gets paid like one of the best players, but he's not. So they, but they do need more from JVR. They need more from Claude Giroux. Jake Voracek, believe it or not, has really come on these last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm really, you know, here's my thing with, with Jake Voracek. If you don't expect him to put up the points to match his salary, you really won't be disappointed. If you take Jack, Jake Voracek for the player that he is, 
a player that, you know, prime example was that the, uh, what was it, the overtime goal where he turned the puck over twice and ended up hitting Kevin Hayes for the breakaway, right? And he, he won the game. If, if you take Jake Voracek as, as that kind of guy, you're not going to be disappointed. But as far as Giroux and, and JVR, and, and I'm going to ask you guys these opinions, the, the Flyers need more from them. So JVR is the obvious one. Kyle, we could start with you first. JVR and, and Giroux, what are, your, what are your thoughts on their first half of the year so far? JVR's is pretty disappointing. Giroux, for me, is a guy who's 30-plus, and he's got a lot of miles on him. He's like that used car that looks good but uh, has been used and abused, and you're not going to notice it for a couple of months, but it's going to start nickeling and diming you. Uh, That's interesting. JVR. Interesting JVR has no excuse, in my personal opinion. Uh, one thing I will say to defend the guy is he has played a hell of a lot better hockey, overall hockey, away from the puck, uh, with the puck, along the boards, defensively, than he has in any year I've ever seen him play hockey. So that's one thing. So let's hope the scoring follows at some point, and let's hope he gets hot right at the right time for us. I'm going to bring up a stat real quick. So JVR, he's got 12 goals in 46 games. Might not look terrible because if you look at his past stats, he's kind of on pace for, you know, maybe a 25 goal. Maybe if he breaks out, scores a couple of hat tricks, 30 goal season. He's only scored in eight games this year. He's got three two goal games. Eight games out of 46, JVR scored a goal. I can't accept that. And I, and I tried to defend JVR. A little bit this year because oh, he's only brought in the score. I, I don't expect him to hit anybody. I don't expect him to really play defense. If he doesn't play defense, I wouldn't be mad at him if he scored goals. He only has eight games in which he scored a goal this year. To me, that's really disappointing. That really stood out to me when I saw that. And, and four of those games were in a week, a week and a half span. So for in a week and a half, he doubled his goal, to, goal total on the year and hasn't done shit the rest of the year. Um. Now, Jack, I'll go to you. Uh, I mean, I pretty much laid it laid it down with JVR there. I don't know how you, you know, you could turn that around and say he's having a good year. So let's talk about Giroux. Thoughts on Giroux? Because you mentioned the poll I did put out, and I think it got 70% people uh, wanted to keep him here, 30% were, you know, ship him out. And I wasn't saying that I'm ready to ship Giroux out, by the way. I was just wanted to see how people would feel if it happened. But your thoughts on Claude Giroux? God forbid you say, hey, I'm not down for this, but what do you guys think? You get roasted anyway. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there was a couple of years ago where Drew was injured. He was clearly injured or he came back from injury and he wasn't 100%. And a lot of people were saying that he was done. I was on the train and said, no, he's not done. He's hurt. And sure enough, he came back and he uh, he had like two or three. Uh, he had the one season. We had over 100 points. He had a couple of 90 point seasons. He was fine. This is the first season I can say where I really do think that he's not hurt. He's just slowing down. When you look at the absolute superstars on teams, the best players on other teams, when you look at Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, or, I know those guys are younger, but like they're in a four or five different tiers higher than Giroux is. Like any player on our team, really. Like we don't have that super superstar style of player, and it shows. And a lot of people like look to Fort Giroux to do anything, but Jesus, in overtime last night, I see him trying to make a play around the boards. He was lucky he didn't end up being a breakaway the other way. He got bodied off that puck so quick. He's not stick handling through guys. He's not speeding by anybody anymore. He's to be honest with you, if you added up these last ten games, Borchek's played better than Giroux. Like he's he's done more. He's got more points. He's done more uh at least offensively. I haven't seen Giroux's been invisible. I mean, I hate to say it because I love the guy, but he's been invisible. And he, I, I wouldn't trade him because he's still the captain. And that goes, that's a, that's a locker room thing that has to deal with the players. And it's really not for the fans to decide who the hell the captain should be. So I wouldn't, I, I don't want him off the team, but he's making a lot of money too, just like we said with Vorchek. And it's, it's showing because he's not putting up the numbers that we need. Now, yeah, JVR, we all know how horrible he's been. He's got that garbage time goals, and he had a little stretch where he was okay, and then went completely cold again, and his stupid spin-around move in front that everybody sees coming a mile away, and he just slams it into somebody's pad that has, there's no chance of the puck going in. He doesn't even try to shoot high. 
Like he's just he's just completely useless. I don't look at that as Drew yet, but he's really he's got to come out of some funk. If it came out t- tomorrow that he's been dealing with an injury, I would be a little bit relieved because the play that I'm the quality of play, the high the high level of play that I expect from Drew, it's not there this year. He had a little stretch early on where he was playing better. I thought he was putting the team on his back by scoring more goals and less passing, but he's been it, the Flyers have beaten these teams despite Drew really not playing or not being visible at all in these games. I mean, that could just be a stretch, but eight and a half million dollars, his age, it's the production's not there. And you brought up a good point. They're winning games without, you know, Claude Drew and JVR really producing. And, you know, that's the flip side of all this, because that's a that's a good thing. I look at it as, yeah, they're winning games, you know, with the with the secondary scoring, but you know, what about the games that they're they're losing and, and these guys aren't? Because they're they're not scoring all year long. This is not like a, you know, once in a while thing. You know, they, some of these games where they, they maybe lost by a goal or two, if the, if the top guys were there, put in a goal or two, maybe they come out with a point. You know, we're not talking about this team being inconsistent or whatever. Um, so I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts and opinions on, on Claude Giroux and JVR. Um, another thing Chuck Fletcher brought up there in the press conference was they needed to be better on the road, which is pretty obvious. You know, they're, they're, they've been terrible on the road. I didn't want to believe that it was a thing, but after this last road trip, I'm pretty sure it's a thing, you know, any thoughts there guys, before we move on, because I mean, it, they're just not good on the road. So I'm not sure what else there is to say there. I I, I mean, there's, I don't know if it's the water in Philly or what, it makes no sense. Um, Either way, it, they need to be better. It's it's as you said, it's obvious. It's stupid. I don't understand. They go play a bad team on the road and they forget how to hockey. Like yep. it, it, they go down in a game so quickly before you even pick your head up. It's like oh, I'll go get a beer. They're down two goals. Like hmm. come seriously, you're a professional squad. Like come on, like get your act together. I don't care where you're playing. You're if you want to make the playoffs, you have to play on the road because you're certainly not going to have home ice. That's for sure. So you're going to play most of your games on the road. You have to be able to perform on the road. This is child's play. Like, come on. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. It makes no sense to me why they can't play on the road. So here's what I, the third thing here is, you know, they're expecting a lot from the young guys. And I kind of think this ties into the road woes. And Kyle, I'll get your opinions here. So, you know, the Flyers have guys like Farabee, Albe Kubel. They're calling guys up like Bonneman, Torinsky. Um, oh, Bonneman, by the way, who scored his first uh, career NHL goal. Congratulations. Friend of the pod. HW alum, yep. Um, <laughs> you know, does does that kind of tie in, do you think, to the road stuff there, Kyle, you know, with the matchups and such? I'm not sure if the kids are tying into the road thing as much as it's just uh, the kids make mistakes because they're kids. And I guess you would have an argument if you were to say that the teams, the home teams get a better matchup, obviously, when you're on the road, the opposing team gets to match lines better. So there might be a little bit more coaching involved there. I'm, I'm just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it all on, I wouldn't put it on the kids entirely. I mean, the whole team hasn't played as a whole from goaltending to defense to the forward group. Nobody's been playing good on the road. It's not like you got one player lighting it up on the road and, bunch of other minuses it's everybody sucks on the road so i see a lot more soft goals given up on the road too uh i don't see uh, there's definitely issues on defense they definitely have issues scoring but the number one thing that sticks out to me is the penalty kill doesn't seem as good on the road and the goaltending in general and that kind of ties into it because your best penalty killer is your goaltender and i i just i don't I don't see it. I mean, they those games, the first period, they're giving up goals in bunches. So I don't know if they're just not meant, they're just not prepared. I don't know if the roar of the crowd or the lack thereof, or the roar not being for them is affecting them, which is ridiculous. It shouldn't. I, I don't think it's the kids either. I, I think it's 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 a combination of a lot of things. But the number two, the two things I notice the most is the goaltending and a penalty kill, which at home have both been significantly better. Yeah. I would say all that factors in. I mean, the Flyers aren't necessarily a big team. And, you know, they went out west. Some of those teams, they, they may not be as good, but they're bigger teams than the Flyers. Um, and they got their asses handed to them. Now, they're, they're playing a team like the Blues tomorrow night, who are Stanley Cup champions, obviously. Who knows what we're going to see? You know, they just beat the Capitals, and they just beat the uh, Boston Bruins. 
Are we expecting them to be able to play with the Blues tomorrow night, or are we expecting an ass whooping? I don't know. It all depends, depends what, team. what team gets off the plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And we know we're not going to see Carter Hart. We're going to see Brian Elliott. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, in the game he played against, Elliott started against, um, was it Carolina? I think I it was Carolina. So. Yeah. He, the, he made some awesome saves, but he also gave up some weak-ass goals. So it's like I really don't know what I'm going to see. I don't. I have no idea what we're going to see. That I mean, and it's kind of the theme of the episode so far, like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team. Because you don't. I want to be excited for tomorrow. Oh, this is this could be a test, you know, this and that. But it's also like, well, they've been getting their asses whooped on the road. So who knows? Fletcher mentioned that there's not going to be any big name rental players. He said it wouldn't make sense. What do you guys think about that? I mean, we we've talked about some trade scenarios on this show. You know, some pretty notable players. Kyle, no no big name rentals coming in. What are your thoughts? I think Fletch is looking for more of a hockey trade, to be honest. And like he alluded to in the in the uh in the presser today, uh he doesn't think hockey trades take place at the trade deadline. And uh, he's got a point there. It's more of a summer thing. So I don't know if he's looking ahead to the summer when he says that, but uh if you look at his history he doesn't really have a history of bringing in any big names at the trade deadline. So I don't expect him to. Um, I expect him to try to fill the third line role a little bit because our bottom six, as we alluded to earlier, with all the kids coming up and down and up and down and up and down, uh, they could use some solidifying down in the bottom six. So I expect some movement. Uh, there's also a lot of games to be played between here and there. So whether we are buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, that's still to be determined as well. There's a lot of factors taking place here. 100% agree. And Jack, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think I think that was well said. I also think it's a uh, how Fletcher feels about the team. He, I don't think he thinks they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. So why risk future assets to, what, maybe win the first round? not get embarrassed in the second, like it's not worth it. We're not there. And it, I keep coming back to this one point and it's, I love Kevin Hayes. He has been everything as advertised. He's, he's been great so far. And I, I just look at Panarin with the, the Rangers. He had five points the other night playing on a not very good team. We don't have that player to go along with Kevin Hayes. And our young goaltending and our young, you know, defensive studs and Konechny and, 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 you know, I love Coots and all, but we don't have that guy who's an offensive juggernaut. And the guys we're paying to do that aren't doing it. I love Giroux. I love, I don't love Jake, but I love Giroux. You know, Jake's making a lot of money. JVR's here to score goals. Those three account for well over like $23 million and we're not getting the production that we need out of them. I mean, sometimes Jake's better, sometimes Drew's better. JVR score once every two months, and it's like that kind. Of, you need a, a legitimate superstar to have a chance at a Stanley Cup run here, and we clearly don't have a superstar. There's nobody even close. The, the whoever leads the team in goals changes, and we're not even close to the league leaders at all. And yeah, okay, you want to say we're more balanced? Okay, sure, I guess so, but. We're also barely hanging on to a playoff spot, so it's not enough. The guys aren't good enough, so why add to that? I think this there more work needs to be done in the summer than anything we could possibly do at the trade deadline. You know, you, you brought up good points about um, Giroux there, because you know I, I can't remember who brought it up. It might have been Dan on on last night's uh, angry negative, but you know if you ever trade Claude Giroux and. By the way, he's got a no-movement clause. I know that, so it's not likely that he ever gets moved. You're not going to get back the same value for Claude Giroux. You're going to get lesser value. And as he as he gets older, the return is going to be less and less. You know? So I'm not but and I'm also not saying trade him now. So my point is, you know, Giroux can go somewhere, and if there are stars on that team already, he will put up points. He will succeed. Here, you cannot add a star to this roster. You just can't. It's not possible unless you somehow move out JVR and, and, a, and a ghost, let's say, that clears up about a 11, 12 million in cap. Unless they find a way to do that, there's no way that you're going to be able to pair Drew up with another star here. 
And, and, you know, and when I think about that, I'm like, well, he's just not going to win a cup in Philly unless that happens. And, you know, Giroux just going to be his, he's going to be what he is. He might be a second, second line player in a year or two. I mean, he was already playing on a second line sometimes this year. They were moving up Lindblom to the first line with Kutz and Konechny. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with no big, big name rentals. I, I'm, I'm more looking forward to a hockey type move like Kyle alluded to. Uh, if they can figure out a way to solidify that third line. And, and, you know, maybe they still rotate in the, the younger guys on the fourth line, guys like Bonneman, uh, Frost, Farabee, uh, Knack, and I'm missing one more guy, Torinsky maybe. You know, if, if they want to have open season-long auditions, because from what I got from that that press conference is he, he knows they're not going to win a Stanley Cup or they're not going to go deep in the playoffs. They're going to try to make the playoffs, which I think is okay. Get some of these younger guys' experience. Get everybody some experience. That's fine. Let Carter Hart play a playoff round. Um, but it's, it sounds like he knows that this is not the year, you know, he's going to let everybody come off, let some guys come off the roster next year. He's going to make some hockey moves in the summer and, and see what happens. I do, however, hope that he upgrades that third line. Cause I think if he does, who knows, maybe they win around, maybe they go on to a second and see what happens. I love playoff hockey. You know, there's a lot of people that, and you guys should tell me if you disagree or not. I'm okay. If the flyers go to the, the playoffs and you know, they have a shot to win the first round. I'm not one of those guys that's like, why do you want to go to the playoffs? They're just going to get their ass whooped. Well, we saw Columbus beat the best team in the NHL history last season, right? Uh, Anything can happen. And I want to hear your guys' opinion. Jack, I mean, what kind of guy are you? Do you want them to make the playoffs just because you love playoff hockey? Or would you rather see them miss and, you know, maybe get a draft pick? If they just miss the playoffs, the draft pick's not going to be worth it. They got to at least make the playoffs. Get some experience. I mean, they've made a commitment now that we're going to win, so you might as well just go for it. I don't think they should be trading two first-round picks for a rental to do it. That would be stupid. They need to do it with the team they have, maybe make some tweaks here and there, get them the playoff experience they need. And once you're in, anything can happen. I mean, we saw the team. They were much better than, obviously, but we saw the team enter as a seventh seed and go to game six overtime at the Cup. So anything's possible. You don't know what can happen. A goalie gets hot. Who knows what happens? So, yeah, you got to make the playoffs. You got to get the experience. You got to not get embarrassed in the first round. If they go to the playoffs and lose in game seven in the first round, I would be okay with that because I know they're not good enough to win the cup. Obviously, I want them to win the first round, but they just can't get embarrassed. They can't do that shit. So, I don't think they'll pull a Columbus move. We got to remember Columbus added significantly at the deadline, knowing that they uh, all their stars were going to leave afterwards. Uh, I don't want to do that, but. You know, you you could you never know what can happen. So yeah, they got to make the playoffs. It's not worth missing unless you were to completely tear the whole season down, and they're not going to do that. And I kind of don't want them to do that. No, Kyle, playoff or no playoffs for you? What do you want? I I mean, at this point, you're not going to get a high draft pick. You're going to be middle of the pack regardless. So make the damn playoffs. Make it happen. Do it. It's fun. Um, if you, yeah, exactly. I mean, at, at the very least, we get to see some playoff hockey. Uh, y- you get some faith in the team itself. The team gets some playoff experience. I think that's a very underrated thing. Uh, all these kids, if you if you look at it, Sanheim, uh, Myers, uh, shit. Uh, unfortunately, Limblom won't be a part of the group. But um, say Pat. Yeah, Farabee, say Patrick comes back, say Frost is back up for the playoffs. All these kids have never seen NHL playoffs. Uh, it, it would be a good experience regardless of if they lose in the first round or make it to the second or even if they get swept. I mean, just the fact that you, you did get a chance to get a taste of the playoffs. You, you were there. I think experience is a very underrated thing in the league, and it's something the Flyers lack a lot of, especially in our youth. And uh, I think a first-round exit wouldn't be the worst thing for these kids. I think uh, a first-round playoff berth or a playoff berth in general would be uh, tremendous for their development as as a team in a whole. I mean, especially Carter Hart, I mean, has never seen playoff hockey. I mean, this this would be a pretty important thing for him. Yeah, because it's, it's a different animal. The intensity is different. I mean, the, the physicality is different. The whole the atmosphere is different. I mean, playoff hockey in, in, in Philly – there's there's no place like it, man. That that place rocks when it's playoff time, and and I think it'd be a good thing for the players to experience it. They maybe they come into the next season with a little bit of extra mojo, whatever it is. I don't see how it's a bad thing for this team to make the playoffs. And I'm I'm not the kind of guy 
and Jack, you know this, I, I'm not the kind of guy that's worried where they're going to pick in a draft. If they're not, I'm going to say this, if they're not picking top two or three, I don't really give a fuck where they pick because they always have a chance to get a player. Having said that, they've picked two twice in our lifetime, ended up with JVR and Nolan Patrick. So it's like, what the fuck? I mean, you can get a good player anywhere in the first round, as they've shown in the past. They usually pick between, like, picks 20, 26. Claude Giroux was, uh, like, a 22nd or 24th overall pick, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was, like, 22nd or 21st. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, like, Nolan Patrick and JVR were our number two overall picks. I mean, so far, I mean, we'll see with Patrick, but it's not off to a good start. But, you know, guys like Sandheim, Drew, as you said, like, they were first-round picks, later first-round picks, and they were, you know, Drew's one of the best players in franchise history. Carter Hart was a second-round pick. Like, there you, you know, uh, Limblom was a fifth-round pick. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've hit. We usually hit in the first round, but when we're talking, I'm talking NHL players. I'm not talking superstars because top of the first round, it's not so good for them. Like you said, JVR and Nolan Patrick, number two over pick of the draft. I mean, yeah, Drury's still on Patrick, but it don't look good. It's fucking crazy, isn't it? I have Patrick on here. So let's talk about him now, because he was mentioned in the news conf- in the press conference pretty early. Uh, Chuck Fletcher's quoted as saying he he does believe Patrick will play sometime this year. Now, Jack, I think it was you that pointed out there's 36 games left to play in the season. Do you see him playing this year? Not significantly. I mean, I'm so sick of hearing he's skating with the team, he's making daily progress and all this crap. It just, it's, it's, it's bullshit like he's not <laughs> like he's if he plays it's not going to be legitimate he's he, i'm just so fucking tired of hearing about nolan patch i'm so i'm honestly sick of seeing his stupid face and it's just i'm tired of hearing about how we got screwed because we did and i just it's just bullshit like i don't know i never imagined he'd be out for this long i really didn't i thought they'd give him a month and a half to figure it out. And he would at least come up and then maybe go, you know, take some time off to figure it out. And he hasn't even been cleared for contact yet. Like what the fuck? I, I just, I can't, I don't, and I know I'm probably in the minority and I should have a, a bleeding heart for the guy. I don't fucking care. I want the team to win. <laughs> he can go fuck himself for all I care. He needs to fucking play. It'll make more money than I ever did. And he's done fucking dick. So he needs to play. I'm so I'm sorry. It's how I feel. <laughs> Kyle, how are you going to follow that up? <laughs> how can you? I mean, <laughs> burn it all down, Jack's back. <laughs> so, but um, for real, the thoughts on Nolan Patrick, man, is he going to play? So, I mean, see, I get, I, I have a hard time reading Fletch when he talks, uh, but everything he said sounds better um, from what I understand from the whole situation is uh, Patrick's been uh, working out more. He's been skating more. He's been skating harder, longer. So I'm hoping it's trending towards a return. They have a break coming up with the all-star break. Um, I have a feeling just a sneaky suspicion that we're going to hear more going into the all-star break on Patrick, whether he's going to play or whether he's not going to play. I think it's going to be maybe after the all-star break, he might go down with the Phantoms. And I may just be hopefully thinking on this one, but I I just have a sneaky suspicion that he's going to play this year. And uh, it might be a hell of a boost to have a player like Patrick if if he can play at the same caliber that he played last year, but on a third line may help us going into the playoffs. I mean, anything can happen. So let's really, let's keep I, our fingers crossed and hope. Let's just hope. I really hope we you're got. right. That would be an that would be a deadline acquisition right there. If he were to come back and be, you know, our third line center and play against that lesser competition, it's just it's got to get back back into playing shape. So uh, I just hope he plays and I hope he can stay in the goddamn lineup. You know, I don't want to see him take one hit and be out until you know twenty thirty. Like it's just. I just see well, uh, how other other teams build their teams and how, what we're doing. And for the most part, we're doing it right. And, and it's just, just taking it straight up the ass with this thing with Nolan Patrick and Limblom and give us a fucking... Even Zamula has some kind of degenerate back injury now. And now he's got issues. Give us a fucking break. Like, come on. We didn't try to move from Philly to Kansas City, for God's sake. So why are we taking it up the ass? <laughs> All this ass talks kind of, kind of getting me in the mood. Turning you on there, Jim. 
Oh. <laughs> Not on this podcast, Jimmy. Yeah, so with Nolan Patrick, so I was kind of wondering, you know, because we've heard that he has headaches. Uh, and I don't, and I don't want to say that word like, oh, it's a headache. Cause you know, I, I guess I believe that he, he does, but some of the other things that I'm kind of trying to take out of certain interviews and, you know, guys kind of dropping hints without knowing they're dropping hints. Like Chris Stewart's been spending a lot of time with them. He said he's slowly coming out from the dark. He's starting to see that light again, things like that. When I hear words like that, I'm like, this guy's depressed. Like, is he depressed? Is that what he's saying? Because usually when, you know, people are, you know, they're in a dark place, it means you're fucking depressed. You know, we've heard from from some of our guys that he might he may have anxiety issues, right? Um, so I did a little Google search here on some of these symptoms. Um, and the first thing that comes up is post-concussion syndrome, right? And, and everybody last year, you know, I guess he had a concussion at some point. Because honestly, I'll be honest, I really don't remember... Nolan Patrick having a concussion. So if you guys can help me out and remind me, was it was it the play against the Devils where uh, Gabriel checked him into the boards? Is that when he supposedly got no. a concussion? No, I think it was. Uh, I I don't quote. I don't know the exact team he was playing against, but I think he rang his head off the glass. It looked really really innocent until you watched a slow mo replay and he, his uh, he took an impact and then kind of flexed his head right into the glass and then that's when he missed time you know yeah, what I, wasn't I that earlier in the season though yeah yeah so i that's what i was thinking of i couldn't remember who that was against but i it'd be over a year at this point and and you know and that's what kind of led me to believe a little bit because you're not hearing concussion anymore you're not hearing that word because if you did hear that word everyone would kind of be like losing their shit right so they're kind of keeping things quiet under wraps and they're taking their time with Nolan Patrick. I mean, the, the Philly media can be brutal. So if, if post-concussion ever came out, that's all they'd be asking about. Um, real quick, some of the symptoms for post-concussion syndrome, headaches, dizziness, sleep problems, psychological symptoms such as depressed mood, irritability, and anxiety, cognitive problems involving memory, concentration, and thinking. Such symptoms can affect day-to-day life and inhibit the ability to perform in situations like work. Sounds like almost what Nolan Patrick's going through, if you ask me. Definitely checks a lot of different boxes there. I mean, you brought up the depression. I had Before we even heard about the headaches thing, I had been hearing things that he was like, wanted to stay on a golf course like he was considering like not actually considering retirement but make, making comments like i don't want to get off the golf course i don't even want to play anymore like like cry baby crap like that and then everything came out so it actually backs up your point jim and as far as forgetting things he's probably forgotten that he was the second overall pick of the draft and he needs to <laughs> fucking play sooner rather than later no i'm just i'm just spiteful i couldn't be more spiteful but yeah i mean you bring up a good point i mean I'd never heard anything about him having this headache issue until uh, nobody has, obviously. And the guy was drafted. And if you do your due diligence, you think you can uncover something like that, especially when he was supposed to be the number one pick of the draft for over a year. You kind of overanalyze those players. You dig pretty damn deep. And the fact that they were able to keep this under wraps is a little strange, almost to the point where I don't know if I fully believe it. And that all of a sudden he's got this thing in June now and, I don't know. There's too so, many holes in this story. Something, it's, something's being hidden, and I think I think that it's that. And was it who was it that told us they knew about this since last June, and and that was a lot of the reason why they went after Kevin Hayes the way they did. Didn't wasn't this person on our show? I can't remember who who said it, and I don't want to say the wrong person. I can't it's, remember. We talked about about how we know the Flyers knew about it since June. Uh, I don't know if this person per se knew. I, I can't remember who it was. And like you said, I don't want to say the wrong name either, but it's been alluded to, but they took the whole summer to concoct this story. It's not like they told us in June when we all, you know, or after they signed Kevin Hayes or anything like that, they waited until like what, a week before the, the season started. Yep. Yeah. I was expecting Nolan Patrick to play and they, yeah, they announced it right before the season. And it's like, well, fuck, 
you know, all, all of a sudden that center depth is it, center depth is already is already lacking. Now they got Lawton playing up on the wing, so it's like who's playing third and fourth line center? And that, for me, at least, that was a backbone for this team was the center depth. Um, I'll move on a little. Kyle, do you have any last words you wanted to touch on there? Okay, we'll move on then. Uh, the fifth thing that Chuck Fletcher brought up there in the the conference that you know Meltzer has in his notes here was uh, Justin Braun's going to come back early, and I hope that he's actually healthy when he comes back, and they're not like rushing him back or anything. But he supposedly supposedly can play in the game Saturday, and if not, definitely next Tuesday. So good signs there. Kyle, thoughts on what Justin Braun will bring back to this team? I mean, what have you seen with him out of the lineup? Uh, he'll certainly help with the penalty kill, and he's uh, a minute muncher, so it'll help to take away a lot of hard minutes from the Sanheim Myers pair, if not split the Sanheim Myers pair up. Because I've seen a lot of mistakes out of Myers lately with the expanded role, so I'm hoping he can uh, not not I don't want to call him a stopgap at all, but fill a hole that is clearly still there with his absence. Yeah, and and his reputation in San Jose was that he's a really he's really good at filling holes, right? With the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jack, uh, thoughts on uh, Justin Braun filling holes? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Whatever holes he's filling, they're he's definitely set. not worth a second and a third. <laughs> However, maybe, on the ice. <laughs> maybe if you spit on the second and the third, it'd be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with Kyle. what Kyle said. I actually wouldn't surprise me if they... I don't see it depends without injury issues. Now with Carter Hart, I even read an article that said they might be kind of screwed with the cap. I was going to say I, it would, they would bench Myers a little bit, give him a, you know, a little rest and see more of Friedman. Even Hag hasn't been terrible, uh, but he's going to bring back a little stability and he's going to eat minutes and penalty kills only going to get better. And um, that's basically, it. Yeah, that's, that's all he really does. So, yeah, you know, I'd rather have him than not have him. So hooray for that. But you know, that's a, that's really about it. It's Justin Braun we're talking about here. I got a question for you guys, and it's something that's kind of like floating around on Twitter. Guys have their uh, opinions about it, and you know, I'll give you mine first. So people are upset that Joel Farabee's playing on the fourth line. He only played, I believe it was ten minutes last night, maybe ten minutes the uh, night before. Uh, the, at least the Tampa Bay game, he played three minutes in special teams time. And I, I think he uh, got six minutes total time on ice at five on five. I would, I would say if they could bring somebody up and this is the issue, I would send him down to the Phantoms. I, I don't think he looks good on the flyers. Uh, I think he, he can gain more experience more with the Phantoms, maybe get his confidence back up. Cause I think he's taking a little bit of a beating, um, Jack, I'll get your thoughts first. Would you rather see Farabee up higher on a line? Are you okay with him playing on the fourth, or would you rather see him back down with the Phantoms? I'm fine with where he's at right now. I don't want him to be sent. Who I don't know who they would call up uh, at the wing position uh, from the Phantoms at this point. We've seen so many names that I like who's here now. I don't want to. I don't think anybody else really does anything long term. I'd rather see him with the club. This isn't a frost situation. Um, I think he needs to round out his game a bit before he can come back up and play with some of the stars. Um, he's just not playing the best hockey right now. And I, before he can get back to scoring goals and setting up players, he's got to do the bare minimum to help the team out. And it's, it just seems like a coaching thing for me right now. I don't think he's in danger of being sent down yet. Okay. Yeah. And I, and like I'm okay with him on the team still. I think if they had somebody that they could replace him with on the fourth or on the third line, whatever, then I'd be more than happy to send him back down to the Phantoms. Kyle, what, where would you where would you like to see Farabee playing? Would you rather see him play up high on a line, fourth line, or down with the Phantoms? I'd honestly like to see Farabee get a little bit more time on the power play. Um, uh, granted, he hasn't been playing great. He's been trying the force plays, and that's that's something like we alluded to earlier i mean it's it's being a kid you know it's it's making mistakes so forcing plays lately got him to the fourth line where he is now um 
I don't really want to see him on the fourth line, but like Jack said, there's nobody that's going to come up and replace him at this very point in time that I would like more than Farabee where he is. So it is what it is. Maybe come trade deadline if they pick up somebody who's a lot more stable to play that third, fourth line role and you send Farabee and Frost down or well, Frost is already down, but if you send Farabee down to play with Frost, let them get some season and let them get some minutes and they come back up for a playoff push. I wouldn't be totally against that either. Yeah. Good points. It sounds like I, I think Chuck will make a move and I think it's going to be a depth move. Um, one where they can actually give Farabee a break from, from time to time. Because, you know, remember, he's a 19-year-old kid. He's like 160 pounds soaking wet. He's going to get his ass whooped tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. Then have to come home, <laughs> then have to come home and play the Montreal Canadiens the next night. I'm not saying it's going to be the same kind of physicality. But after you're getting ass whooped one night, and then you have to go out and play again, you're a 19-year-old, like I said, 19-year-old kid soaking wet. He's not going to be the same guy the, the next night. It's just, just how it works. He's going to be beat up. He's going to be tired. You know, these veteran guys have been doing it for a while. They know what to expect. I, I think he'd benefit from from taking one of those games off. You know, even a, even even a guy like Andy Andrioff to to come up and play against the Blues because I really do, I think Farabee. I mean, you know, he's only going to play like ten minutes, but he, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. I, like I, I hope I'm not right in saying that he's going to get his butt kicked tomorrow. He's not going to play well, but that's just what I think. Running out of topics here, guys. What do we miss? Anything? No, I mean Fuck that's really. Narshan. Yeah, <laughs> did That's did we not even funny. talk about it? Yeah, we I don't didn't. remember. Kyle, what you were you were at the game, ending, man. though. Yeah, let let's just put this in perspective. So, me and about I'd say a good fifteen thousand other people were were there. Um, watch that take place, and then he turns around to go back for a shot, and collectively, me and fifteen thousand other people are screaming at the refs that. He touched the fucking puck. That's it. It's that's it. The game's fucking over. And then they go in there, their little huddle, and it looked like the, it almost looked like one of the flyers were like, "You guys do know you're in Philly, right? So if you reverse this and let him take a shot, and God forbid he scores, this fucking ice is gonna be littered in beer cans. <laughs> so I highly suggest you end the game. Yeah, I like that they came out onto the ice too. The flyers. Hey, come on, he touched the puck. They all know they got to get into a little powwow. Like this has never happened before. What do we, what do, we do here? Uh, the, the, uh, I know the rule, but um, it's you know we're in. Okay, let's just say he touched it. Okay, he touched it. The game's over. It's. Just, I mean, it was obvious, but I think Kyle makes a good point too. Like, why would they even want to make the other call or even think about it? They all got together to make sure they all in agreement, and then just went with it, and that was that. But the guy, if there's one player that deserved to be embarrassed like that, it's Brad Marchand. Like Jesus Fucking Christ, rat bastard. Nobody That's, likes that guy. He's a fucking scumbag. If you talk to somebody in, in Boston, they'll be, oh, he's so good. He del- he does this. He does that. He's a piece of shit. He's the kind of guy I cannot stand. I know I'm not alone, obviously, but I don't know. We like guys that'll hit you head on. He's that little fucking rat bastard who'll slew foot you, and you'll you'll hit, bounce your head off the ice and be out for two months. And, oh, but he does all this good shit for my team. He's a fucking scumbag. It's oh, the think- it's the reason fighting's out of the game and players like him exist because of it. There's nobody to fucking monitor those little clowns and keep them in check. Kyle, you think you could beat up Brad Marchand? Uh, I'm I'm almost positive I can break that fucking prick's nose. One handed. You took down Andre Pilat already over the weekend. Oh, did did you hear though? Did you hear the uh uh the flyers are walking back. Somebody had the camera on and Vigneault goes, never seen that before. And I don't know who said it, but somebody clearly says, I think his nose got in the way. <laughs> it's one <laughs> of the flyers. I was dying. I was, Oh my God. It's all on Twitter. It was great. God, that was pretty funny. And I, I actually don't like that. People can c- compare connecting to him. I get why they do. I a hundred percent get it. But the level of shitheadness connect, not even close to Marshan on that scale. They might play not similarly. Not yet. You're right. And I hope he doesn't get there. But I feel like Marshan's been like that since 2010. When he won the cup. That was 2011. <laughs> yeah, but he was like a third-line role player, still making his way through the team. And he was, he's been a scumbag since. 
Dude, without David Pasternak, without Pasternak, Bergeron and Marchand aren't putting up these numbers they're putting up. I just want to like let everybody know out there, like they might know, be man. good Bergeron still. Bergeron is so good. He's yeah, but dude, he was putting good. up only sixty points a year until friggin' uh, Pasternak came around. He was oh, he was like a he was a Coots. If Pasternak played with Coots, Coots would be putting up eighty-five plus points every single year. They just they got a lot of good players on that team. I mean, Bergeron. Even Krejci's been better this year. Like, yeah, Marshawn's he's got a niche and he does it. He plays it well, and he is a talented player. But I agree with you. If he was playing with premium talent, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, Pasternak. Like every time he has the puck, you're worried that he's going to fucking score. And then it's just, oh, who are the guys that pass him the puck? Those guys get points too. You know what I mean? I honestly thought that Boston's time window was closing. And then they drafted Pasternak, and he has just been an absolute stud. And I hate, just, I hate his fucking commercials. Well, they're to be honest, they're they're a little bit better than some of the other ones, like Patrick Kane and uh, shit. I forget who else. They're they're so lifeless. So it's so lifeless. They have no personalities whatsoever. I still don't like them. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts either. Well, I live on it. I don't have a choice. Do you, do you really? I need coffee, man. Okay. Yeah, I switch it up. I get Wawa every now and then. Yeah, I don't, I'm not hating on coffee. I, coffee's coffee. Actually, that's not true. Kyle, you never answered me about Andre Pilat. I, I didn't fight the guy, all right? I know everybody wishes I did, but I, I was not even there. It was Jack's, Jack that was there, and Jack was too busy fighting his wife. Jack, do you see the video of Kyle beating up Andre Pilat in the stands? Yeah, and then in the bathroom? I did. I, did. I mean, I, you know... My wife started it. She slew footed him and ran off, and they thought that guy did it. She slew footed him. <laughs> what I want to know in in that video is why was that chick in the bathroom? Did you guys see that? Yeah, it's not worth it. You're like she's in the bathroom. <laughs> hey, why was she in there? I guess shit got real. Yeah, craziness. And it's, it was funny that his name was Kyle. Oh my god, that was great. Um, I had one more thing that now I can't remember. So, did uh, it involve the hockey? It did. Kyle, you're just gonna have to edit out this pause. <laughs> Which one? I gotta edit out that and all the. Uh, um. I feel like I did better with that tonight. You didn't. <laughs> Don't even try. Don't even try. Just, just go. Uh, I wrote something down, but I forgot to bring it up while we <laughs> were talking about it. Go ahead. Uh, so JVR makes seven million dollars a year. Yeah, true. Nathan McKinnon, arguably, arguably the best player in the league, makes six million. You guys see anything wrong with that? Well, he he's about to get paid. He said he doesn't want to get paid. He said Bullshit. he'd rather keep the team intact. He's still gonna get more than six million. For sure, he might not ask for like fourteen million when his time comes up, but he's gonna get paid. Yeah, I when thought that was interesting. Though? This year, I think he's gonna get paid. <laughs> the players' association will not allow him to take that ridiculous of a pay cut. Oh, he's not gonna take a cut. He'll probably get like seven, eight million. But he said he wants to if keep the team intact. Eight, if it's eight or under, I'll be shocked. Yeah. I mean, that's Me great. Too. If I'm a Colorado fan, that's fantastic. He said it. I believe it. I, I believe that he said mouth. it. I just don't, I don't see him saying, I, I, he's going to be the opposite of Mitch Marner. He's not going to hold out for a ridiculous sum of money. He'll probably come to a decent agreement, but it's, he's still going to get paid. Kyle, you have anything you want to say there? You look like you're ready to wrap up. Don't, don't shake your head yes like that. <laughs> Tired. All right, let's um, wrap it up. So the Flyers have the Blues tomorrow night, and they got the Canadians Thursday. Hopefully we're back next. Yeah, hopefully we're back next week talking about a couple wins. Yeah, Elliot and I think Elliot will just play from here on out. And there's a back to back. We might see uh, Lion, but other than that, it's the Elliot show. Elliot going against his former team, by the way. So that should be interesting. He's gonna get smacked. You know it. That attitude, you will. Shut out. You call shut out, I say smacked. All right, you got the reverse jinx going. Let's do it. 
Uh, yeah, guys, enjoy the intro-outro music tonight by uh, Fit for a King. Hope you guys enjoy. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk next week. Signing out. Let's go, Flyers.